You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. ISIS again celebrates murder online, using it as inspiration. Security experts approach consensus that Russia was behind the DNC hack. WikiLeaks Assange says he released the DNC files when he did to damage nominee Clinton. Keysniffer inhales strokes on Wi-Fi keyboards. Smart light bulbs shown to render IoT networks vulnerable. Ransomware and DDoS trends. A new U.S. policy outlines agency responsibilities during cyber incidents. And Pokemon Go may get you to go places you shouldn't. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, July 27, 2016. ISIS claims credit online for the horrific attack in a church just outside of Rouen, France. The caliphate's haste to associate itself with the murder suggests the sort of content the terrorist organization finds effective in information operations. The killers themselves spoke and acted in ways consistent with ISIS inspiration. A study finds evidence that such inspiration continues to reach a large enough audience to be worrisome. Some are ideologically committed. Others appear to be simply disturbed individuals vulnerable to what the New York Times' stable of academic experts is calling contagion. Most security experts have reached consensus that the DNC hack was a Russian job, and in all likelihood a Russian government job, albeit in a deniable way. Evidence remains necessarily circumstantial, but a great deal has accumulated. Why the Russian government would be interested in hacking the DNC remains an open question. Some see the DNC hacks as part of President Putin's long game to discredit post-Cold War international democracy and dismantle its sustaining institutions like NATO and the EU. Why WikiLeaks released the hack documents is no mystery at all. Julian Assange says he timed the release to damage U.S. Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton, whom he views as an inveterate opponent and the author of many of Assange's troubles. StealthBits Technologies Brad Boosie sees encryption as the basic defensive tool enterprises ought to use. Quote, the technology to encrypt emails is well known but not commonly implemented. The main reason for this is complexity and infrastructure cost. Most weight the value of the information that is transmitted against what it would cost to protect it. If the protection cost outweighs the value of the information, then most do nothing and let operations continue as normal, end quote. He suggests that enterprises might wish to take a hard look at such cost-benefit calculations. Last line's John Marshall reminded us of some of the other reasons enterprises decline to encrypt. Quote, the use of web-based email that requires two-factor authentication does help in terms of encrypting access, but the usability and functional differences these have to corporate mail systems will lead users to prefer to use those, which typically rules encryption out. End quote. 
The Democrats are holding their national convention this week in Philadelphia, and last week the Republicans held their convention in Cleveland. Keeping that convention safe, both physically and from cyber attacks, was the responsibility of the Cleveland Host Committee, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization. On the cybersecurity front, one of the organizations they brought in to protect the convention was Dark Cubed. Vince Chrysler is CEO at Dark Cubed, and he told us about the preparations during the run-up to the convention. At the end of the day, the real force of the effort is only a couple of weeks long at most. So from our perspective, our product, we installed it early because we wanted to start getting a baseline of what does traffic look like on that network so we can start understanding good versus bad and start to triage and understand, you know, is the level of attack changing as we get closer to the convention or not? So we deployed about eight or nine months early and, and started providing security for that network late last year. And then as we came closer to the convention, uh, resources start spinning up and you start looking at how exposed is this network? What are the exposed ports from the outside? What are the the architecture and configuration of that network from the inside? And then you come up with a game plan. And, I, and that's what was really exciting to me about the, the team that we worked with for the convention is it wasn't a huge team, but it was a team of people that had great experience and capability. And so it's, it's applying those creative tactics to securing that network. There's that old saying that the best defense is a good offense. Chrysler and his team use that strategy in Cleveland. My fundamental philosophy in cybersecurity is offense always wins, defense always loses no matter what. So if somebody wants to hack a network and they have enough time, money, and commitment, they will be successful. And so what that informs then is a different approach to cybersecurity. It's, it's broken out into a couple different pieces. One is... How do I protect my network as best as possible given the resources I have? Two is how do I find out sooner rather than later that something has happened? And three is how do I respond as quickly as possible to minimize the damage once something does happen? And so when we came at the, at the security infrastructure for the convention, it was really coming at it with, okay, we've done our work on some of the basics in terms of how do, you, how do you minimize the exposure of the network. So minimizing the number of connections, minimizing the number of open ports, uh, having good awareness of all the devices that are on the network. But then it's really focused on how do you discover that something strange is happening within those networks. And that's where you start to see interesting things. Because we, we were very proactive in terms of segmenting that network out, so you're segmenting out the official users from the guest users, from the other infrastructure, you're able to watch activity in each of those segments independently. And so we certainly saw on the guest wireless as machines would come in and start instantly pinging out to botnets or, or malware command and control servers, those would spike in our systems. I remember one morning, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday morning, that a, a machine connected to the guest Wi-Fi and within you know two hours it had done thousands of, of requests out to a foreign IP address. But we saw that it was there was UDP traffic traveling overseas and we were able to block that traffic, but we were able to continue to see it ping, and it, it pinged for about five and a half hours uh, until finally giving up. And again, there were certainly lots of other malware, botnet sorts of activity. There's lots of external scanning uh, from all the common actors that you would expect to see, uh, but we were watching that in real time and, and blocking those as they came in. That's Vince Chrysler. He's the CEO at Dark Cubed. Two recently discovered vulnerabilities are worth noting, and they also involve encryption issues. In the first, Bastille Networks describes KeySniffer, a vulnerability in low-cost Wi-Fi keyboards that don't encrypt keystrokes before sending them to the Wi-Fi dongle. Bluetooth devices aren't affected. An attacker could intercept those keystrokes from distances of more than 100 meters.
In the second, Rapid7 has reported nine vulnerabilities in Osram's Lightify smart light bulbs, the most serious of which could permit attackers to capture authentication handshakes. Osram has patched four of the nine bugs. So, businesses, you may not be that interested in your light bulbs, but those light bulbs may be interested in you. Insinia Security reports finding UK Telco O2 customers' credentials for sale on the dark net. The credential stuffing problem originates in password reuse. We heard from Tripwire's Travis Smith, who pointed out that, quote, password reuse can cripple even the most secure systems. Using authentic credentials rather than attempting to leverage exploits is less risky for the attacker, as security tools are more likely to detect an active exploit. Since passwords are commonly reused across websites, stolen credentials from one breach are often used across other sites, end quote. Many observers of this breach recommend using a password manager. A good idea, to be sure, although such products aren't a panacea either. Google's Project Zero Day has found a hole in password manager LastPass. Ransomware and denial-of-service attacks continue to be the leading forms of cybercrime affecting businesses and individuals. F-Secure is being quoted as saying a ransomware gang has admitted its connection to an unnamed Fortune 500 company that allegedly hired the crew to disrupt competitors. Mike Patterson, CEO of Plixer, commented on this to the CyberWire, saying, quote, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear about big companies launching ransomware attacks. The attacks, however, don't mean they were approved by executive management. The best defense right now is to educate employees to be careful when clicking, end quote. Locky and Cryptex, of course, remain among the leading strains of ransomware circulating in the wild. Healthcare organizations continue to be preferred, but not exclusive targets. DDoS is also on the rise, with targets in Russia prominently affected. DDoS can be conducted with straightforwardly criminal motives, but it's also a common hacktivist tactic. Terbium Labs researchers are watching an actor calling himself, herself, or themselves the Israeli Falcon, who's involved in DDoS attacks against various Palestinian targets. The nominal motive is retaliation for Anonymous's Op Israel, although the Falcon also uses a Guy Fox mask, as anyone could. In the U.S., President Obama yesterday issued PPD-41, Cyber Incident Coordination, establishing a much-commented-on color system for the severity of cyber incidents. Many industry observers wonder where the last few years' high-profile attacks would fall on the scale. The policy also fixes roles and missions for cyber attack response. The FBI leads threat response, DHS leads asset response, and the ODNI leads intelligence blocking and tackling. Finally, unscrupulous Pokemon Go players have cooked up geo-spoofing bots that enable them to cheat. We're shocked, shocked that there's cheating going on in an online game, and Pokemon have turned up inside another denied area, the hot zone of Japan's breached and broken Fukushima nuclear reactor. A tip, if you're in Japan, don't go into Fukushima, even for a Magmar, Venusaur, or Gardevoir. Okay, well, of Gardevoir, but, but wear your full protective gear, kids, or maybe a geo-spoofing bot. And then, trainers, as you look back, you can say, we'll always have Fukushima. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. 
Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I'm joined once again by Dale Drew. He's the Chief Security Officer at Level 3 Communications. Uh, Dale, you mentioned that you've uh, been seeing uh, an uptick in DDoS attacks lately. You know, we, we really have. Not only have we been seeing an uptick in DDoS attacks from a volumetric perspective, our average DDoS attack is between 10 to 15 gigs. And we've been seeing that increase uh, quite exponentially. We've been seeing DDoS attacks in the 75 to 100 gig uh, range, a little bit more common here. Uh, lately. Um, we're also seeing an increase in, in application uh, attack DDoSs where uh, bad guys are getting much more creative and um, much more direct in being able to, to pretend to be millions of legitimate users gaining access to an application and consuming the resources of, of that application, uh, which makes it very difficult to um, stop a DDoS attack. And then we're also seeing a very large uh, uptick in what we believe to be uh, fake DDoS ransomware hoaxes. Uh, we've seen a number of uh, ransomware attempts going out to customers uh, that, that appear to, to represent well-known DDoS hacking groups like the Armada Collective and the Lizard Squad, but they're not the same uh, sort of MO. They're, they're using uh, much different sort of uh, tactics in uh, getting ransomware for them. So we believe that, that people are pretending to be these, these collectives to make a quick buck. Dale Drew, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. 
We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey, listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K CyberWire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey and share your feedback now. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.